Welcome to the Empowering Industry Podcast, a production from Empowering Pumps and Equipment as the voice of the pump and related equipment industry. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 43 of the Empowering Industry Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Matthews, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michelle Seacrest, who is sitting in for Bethany Walmack. Hey, Charlie. As always, it's so wonderful to be here with you and with these listeners who are so loyal to the podcast. We want to thank you all so much for choosing the Empowering Industry Podcast. And as always, please just do us a big favor and leave us a five-star rating and a review and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. All of this really helps us and we really appreciate it. As we do every week, we're going to cover social media updates, preview the news from Empowering Pumps and Equipment, and connect you with an industry influencer. But first, Charlie, how was your week? I had a good week. It was a different kind of week. I had a lot of self-care. I got my hair done. I went to the chiropractor. You know, just kind of focused on um, myself this week, which is, you know, I don't know. It felt weird this week. I told you it was like (laughs) um, Valentine's week. So the kids had uh, me dressing up in different pink outfits. Carly was, you know, Valentine's themed for, I think, two weeks now. And so she's (laughs) having a big time with it. But, you know, I... I accomplished a lot. I got a lot of things off my to-do list, but it just felt like, I don't know. I felt like I had more time and more energy. And so I'll give that to my brother, Corey, at the chiropractor, right? He always energizes me and gets me going for, you know, that I can accomplish whatever I have to do next. So thank you, Corey. Okay, Michelle, what, what about you? what did you do this week? Yeah, my week is, has been kind of normal, but um, I there's been a lot of chaos around here where I live. So where I live here on Flash Island, uh, we got hit really hard by Hurricane Sally. It went directly over us. I mean, the eye of the storm went right over us. It was extremely scary and awful. And for months now, we have been going through repairs. Now, I just want to say that I had no damage to my home and I was so lucky, but a lot of my neighbors weren't so lucky. And I found myself being a little bit annoyed lately. It is just horrible. I'm I'm so disappointed in myself, but because it's been really loud and there's a lot of construction and new roofs have been installed. Well, you're installed. also doing, you're doing the podcast, you know. Exactly. And, 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 you know, then you hear, be quiet. Yeah, you hear like jackhammers and, and um, chainsaws and things going on, cutting down trees and stuff. And so, you know, it's easy to get annoyed. And it's also really easy to forget to have gratitude. And so I've been following you on Instagram and you've been doing this 100 days of happy things and you always find something positive to say, or or like, even just like I saw that you got your hair done and you know, you were all happy and looking bright and happy because of that and doing something for yourself. And, and I think it's important that we kind of remember to be grateful, remember to have gratitude, remember to be happy because it could have been a lot worse. I could have been one of those that that didn't have a roof. And, you know, one of my neighbors, the the roof came down on her kitchen and barely missed her. And she completely had to evacuate her condo and live somewhere else for a while while they were doing the repair. So when you think about things that are annoying, it's important to try and be positive. And so that's kind of been my revelation this week is to yeah, just have gratitude. Know, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's so important to have something that grounds you, that brings you back to that positivity. So, you know, I started that 100 happy days when Bethany went on maternity leave. I was like, okay, I can do it for 90 days or whatever. You shall be right. back. You know? um, but, you know, I've, I've done it in several seasons of my life. I can go back and look. And it's, it's also COVID is really hard. And, you know, 
also this time of not knowing what the future holds and trying to plan. So there's a lot of things that are hard and you can, you can kind of be like, oh, I'm stuck here and you know, whatever. Right, right. Um, Or you can be like, look at the sun and I can see, you know, everybody else is talking about how gray it is. And I woke up early and I got to see the sunshine, you know, because it, it, it was clear and then it, you know, the storm came in or whatever. So looking for little things like that. Yeah. Um, and doing something like that to, you know, make yourself see it, and it I right. think is really good. It so. can really make a difference in your day and your attitude and everything. For sure. And um, so, so talking about that 100 days of happy, that's a good transition for us to get social. Oh, yeah. So this is where we fill you in on a new trend or let you know what's happening in the industry on social media. Yes, but first, we want to invite you to the upcoming virtual meetups, which we love and have so much fun. Uh, The Empowering Brands Meetup is going to be Tuesday, February the 16th. That's every third Tuesday, if y'all want to go ahead and put that on your calendar. And also, we have the Empowering Women Meetup that's going to be March the 10th. That's a Wednesday, every second Wednesday, and it's just super fun. So yeah, put it on your calendar. Yeah, yeah. So we want to remind you to remember to pre-register for those events so that you can get the Zoom link and more information in the show notes. Don't forget to get your shout out on the show by staying connected with us at Empowering Pumps or mentioning us with the hashtag Empowering Industry Podcast. Charlie, you and I both have these podcasts and we certainly know the amount of work that goes into creating them and editing them and distributing them and promoting them. And and I know, I don't know about you, but I didn't realize in the beginning how much hard work it would be. And you think, hey, all I have to do is have a conversation with an expert on an interesting topic and record it and share it. But that's not exactly the reality of producing podcasts. So today uh, on our social media segment, I thought we might ask the question, Is it worth it? Is it worth it to have a podcast to promote your brand? You know, this is such an interesting question. And I find myself asking this question when, you know, I'm running from one thing to the next and there's, I'm running out of time and I'm thinking, okay, do I really need to do this many podcasts this week? I find myself asking that and saying like, okay, is this, what am I getting out of this? What is the, how do I measure the success of this podcast? And you know, how do you even find out what results that we get? You know, it's, it's really a great question that you've asked. And, you know, how do you keep the dogs quiet and manage all the time? Exactly. You can even talk about that, but we're, we're managing all kinds of humans and dogs. Exactly. And- <laughs> There's a lot of balls in the air. And that's my yeah. point. Exactly. And so because I was kind of asking this question, is it worth it to do these? You know, are we getting any ROI from it? I did a little research and I found a really cool article that describes seven reasons to use po- a podcast as a marketing tool. So before we dive into the reasons that that this author presents in the article, I'm just really curious, Charlie, do you generally think it's worth it to spend all this time producing podcasts? I absolutely do. I mean, first of all, I love it. So it energizes me. It's super fun. That's for sure. Yes. But the, but the real reason and kind of what we're doing with these podcasts, we are using them as a marketing tool. It is a way to connect with our customers, you know, our audience, their audience that they're trying to target with good content, right? It's, It's a new form of content. It's exciting, right? To have this new platform that we can use. And I think overall, 
I'm going to say yes, absolutely. hundred percent. I think. Yeah. I mean, the content is for sure. It it is definitely good content. So let's kind of run down real quickly, Charlie, and talk about the, the reasons that are listed in the article. There's seven of them and we can, we can mention them real quickly, but I think it'll help our audience know whether it's a good time investment to start a podcast, to market. We love a good list. Bethany, this one's for you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So first of all, the first one they mentioned is that podcasts offer uniqueness. So you can target a specific audience and, and show them that you're a subject matter expert in a very unique niche. I say niche. Some people say niche, but it's the same word at the same meaning. But if you, if Don't you, ask me how to say it. But I say niche because I'm from the South. But if you find the right audience, <laughs> they will continue to listen and share with other like-minded people. Don't you agree? I do. And I mean, ha- there's not any other platform that you can just giggle and it's okay. That's right. Um, that's right. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Okay. So podcasts also. So number two, podcasts accompany your customers everywhere. So what that means is they're going with your podcast is going with the listener while they're jogging, while they're cooking, while they're on an airplane, you know, that's right. They're just everywhere. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I love the the idea that says that it motivates them to do their housework. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, right. okay, I'll fold clothes as long as I got a podcast in my ear. I was sure. just running the vacuum this morning, listening to a podcast in my ear. And so it's true that you do that. And, you know, when I'm walking the dogs, I always put a, a podcast in my ear. And it's so convenient for customers to get this, to absorb this content, but because they can take it wherever they go. Yeah. And you just have to click a button, right? You've got your platform that you use, whatever podcast platform, right, and you right. just like search it and then it's there now. You're subscribed and you'll be able to listen to it the next time. Yeah, that's true. And, and another thing that's on the list that I want to talk about, because I think this is really true and really important, is that podcasts are sustainable. So they're always available there. You know, it's optimal marketing. Even outside the digital world, once you create this content, it, it can be used later later on the kind of content that we produce is not like it's not particularly not world events it's not news news of the day that that is on a 24-hour news cycle or something like that this is sustainable content that is relevant a year down the road so you can go back to the very first podcast that charlie produced almost a year ago and it's that content is still relevant today yeah and i think that's a good point and then really the podcast we built and we built it to be part of our brand. And so the next one on this list is, you know, podcast strengthens your brand. And it really does. I think part of it is, you know, we are talking to our listeners and creating trust. They're getting to know us. And, you know, basically we can just pick up the microphone and talk to them. That's right. And so I think that that part and being so authentic to your true self is important And that's what people are looking for today. So this is a great way to strengthen that brand. Yes, I agree. That authenticity is something that really comes out in podcasts. The fifth item that I talk about in the article is that podcasts are purposeful. I think this is a really strong argument for producing a podcast as part of your marketing strategy. You know, people who are only the people who are interested in that topic are going to hear and listen and subscribe to your podcast. And so this is a way to really reach that target audience and be very specific about the problems and needs of your target group. It's very purposeful. You know, also, you know, I see that word purposeful. And last week on the podcast, we talked about, you know, the campaign, Buy Pump, Save Lives. That's and right. for me, like, it, it just gives me an outlet to talk about things that matter. And it just makes, you know, it's so much easier. I guess, you know, also, I'm a talker. So that, that helps. But right. podcasts, 
podcasts make you more visible, right? So we're distributing this. We're, That's right. You know, through many, many channels and people are searching things in so many different ways, but the distribution of a podcast and the marketing that we put in it, right? So the graphics and the, you know, the videos that you're creating on yours, it, it can be shared on multiple channels. That's right. I mean, no matter where you listen to podcasts, you can pick it up. It's pretty easy to distribute them. And so for people who want to do a podcast and don't really know how to do it, it, it is not that difficult on the distribution side because there's apps and platforms that will just send it out to everybody. And that way, whether you listen to it on Spotify or iTunes or, you know, iHeartRadio or Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts, it can be available. And so this makes it easy and convenient for your audience. And uh, so that was six different things. What was the seventh one? That they're different, right? Yeah, they're different. different. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a different type of content. And then we need different ways to connect with our you know, customers and, you know, stand out from our competition um, and attract attention, right? And so podcasts are no longer this like insider tip. You can start a podcast and make sure that it's relevant to you and, and right. that you have your message down, but it's, it's relevant, you know, trade media, basically. That's right. That's right. And you can make your network more visible with little effort and, and, and set yourself apart from your competitors, because I mean, let's face it, there aren't that many industry podcasts out there. There are quite a few, but not like as many say political podcasts or entertainment podcasts. So you can set yourself apart from your competitors because, and especially if you find that specific niche or niche. That's right. That you're That's looking right. For. Yeah. So in the end, so these are seven good reasons and we mentioned a couple more. So what do you think, Charlie? Is it worth it? Is it worth it for someone yeah, to start a podcast? Yeah, I'm what I said. Absolutely. hundred percent worth it. And it's easy. I mean, t- 10 years ago, I know I was talking to somebody the other day who had a you know podcast 13 years ago. And I'm wow. like, wow. Yeah. But I didn't even know they existed easier. back then. I didn't I know, even know, I know what it was. Yeah. Right. So it's much easier now to you know, create one, but put the thought in and, and make sure that you're creating it with that vision and mission in mind. And purpose. And yeah. So yeah. I think, yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. I agree. I think it's, uh, I think we'll both continue to share our podcast and share our thoughts about the industry. So I think it's good. So let's get to the news, Charlie. All right. Into the news. This is the part of the podcast where we preview the news that is coming out on Empowering Pumps and Equipment newsletter this week. But first, we want to celebrate our industry person of the week, one of our partners, A.W. Chesterton. It is Jonathan. He is a design engineer for the Mechanical Seals Engineering Operations Division. So super excited to share um, his profile and get to know him. Yeah, he's pretty cool. Um, The Empowering Pumps and Equipment team works very hard to shine a light on the people behind the pumps and the pumping systems, as you all know. And so we really want to congratulate Jonathan and be sure to follow the link in the show notes to learn about him and his contributions to the industry. And also remember that if you want to nominate someone, we're always wanting to learn about people who are awesome at their jobs and who make significant contributions to industry. So congrats, Jonathan. And now let's get to the news. Wonderful. Uh, The first news item I want to tell you about is a story about a five-year watershed research plan for a water tower at Lake Lanier in North Georgia. And this is a really interesting story, Charlie. The water tower 
uh, is the new water innovation hub in Buford, Georgia, and they announced the release of its Lake Lanier Watershed Five-Year Research Plan. The plan is developed with input from local stakeholders and technical experts, and it provides a multi-year roadmap of project concepts aimed to improve and protect the watershed. And so Lake Lanier is the major source of water supply for communities in the North Georgia region, as well as a critical component of local recreation and quality of life. However, Lake Lanier does face supply and water quality challenges from increasing urbanization. We, we read about stuff like this in a lot of different communities, urban and agricultural runoff and drought. And it's wh- true. I've seen it, right? Like I've, I've driven through there and seen that oh, as far yeah, as it yeah. was lacking the water. And, and that you're right. They do use it for that local recreation too. So That's right. And um, so there's been several research and planning efforts surrounding this lake in the past. And there is a need for a coordinated plan that facilitates management and resourcing and funding of applied research projects that work together to protect this critical water resource. So it's a really interesting article. Yeah, the Water Tower mission is to be thriving, a thriving ecosystem of water innovation. And we talked about this on the podcast with Melissa, the CEO. So uh, we'll link to that in the show notes as well. Yes, absolutely. And it's it's especially invested in helping utilities devise strategies to benefit from digital advancements in water supply and quality. And for more information on this, if this interests you, you could visit www.theh2otower.org. Awesome. Awesome. I love seeing this and I love that it's so close. I can't wait to go over and see it myself. Yes, it's very close to us. Yeah. What do we, what else do we have in the news this week, Michelle? Well, we have another interesting article from Magnation Water Technologies about physical water conditioning in wastewater and desalination systems. So Magnation Water Technologies changes the physical and biological properties of water. This is what they do. And it reduces and eliminates airborne odor, fouling, and gases while influencing the biological properties through the improvement of bacterial activity. So we hear about this all the time when we talk about desalination. So salts are also broken down to smaller particles and held in solution. And both of these enhancements increase the efficiency of the water and wastewater treatment performance. And the impact of these changes accelerates solid sedimentation. It improves the collection of fine particulates. It decreases dissolved solids, reduces sludge digestion time, and significantly decreases scale. So at the same time, magnation increases the amount of oxygen and the water becomes lighter with less friction, resulting in easier to move liquids that use less energy. So good, good, good. Check, check, check. Absolutely. All good. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, I love I love a product, you know, that saves energy. So absolutely. Check that out. And, you know, our water is so important. You know, I, I love talking about water. It's an important uh, uh, topic to our industry always, of course. Yes. And then getting better at it, right? And making sure that we improve. So That's we'll right. link to this in the show notes um, and y'all can read all about it. Uh, Michelle, anything else we want to mention this week? Yeah. I mean, I think we should mention uh, Engineers Week. I mean, this yes, is this yes. is really important to our audience. Yeah. Engin- so engineer. Yeah, go ahead, Charlie. <laughs> so, um, so Engineers Week is February the 21st through the 27th. The theme this year is Imagining Tomorrow. We want to know what y'all are doing, right? We want to know how you're supporting the engineers this week. We love, you know, highlighting the people that we know, but I'm really interested to know 
what you're doing out there. So, you know, go ahead and tag us and let us know, you know, how you're supporting Engineers Week. Yes. And we can review this next week during the podcast. So if you'll use the hashtag empowering industry podcast, but mention what you're doing for Engineers Week and we'll talk about it a little bit more next week. We we know that most of you are engineers out there. That's a big portion of our audience. So we want to hear what you're doing to celebrate. So for now... I know we want to get to the highlight of the podcast. So, I'm so it's, excited. It's time for our industry interview. I know you've got a really cool one this week. So tell our audience who you have for us this week, Charlie. Yes, this week I interviewed Latrice Slade. She is the principal at Slade Land Use Environmental and Transportation Planning here in Alabama. And she's just an amazing woman that I got to meet last year. And I've just loved watching what she's doing and really promoting in that that world of construction that I'm not normally in, Michelle. Yeah, this she's she's really interesting person, a very accomplished person. She has uh, experience in development and construction projects. Uh, her firm is a licensed general contractor in Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, Georgia, South Carolina, all throughout the Southeast. Uh, she specializes in environmental services, geotechnical services, and construction material testing and urban planning. And she's very accomplished. And I know that during the interview, you might talk about some of her awards. But, but she was uh, one of one of them was just recently last year. She was selected to participate in the Goldman Sachs Small Business Program. So I thought this was really interesting. Yes, and she really is doing a lot of stuff. So if you follow her, you know, read, uh, go through the interview, and we'll put in her, you know, links at the end in the show notes. Follow her online. She she's great to kind of watch. Just being out there, I love somebody you know that's running their company and being visual. So check her out. Yes, I can't wait. Let's uh, let's listen to the interview. Hey, Latrice, and welcome to the Empowering Industry Podcast. Hi, Charlie. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you welcoming me today. Yeah, I am really excited to share you with our audience. You're doing some really great things. And and for me, close to home down in the Southeast uh, in Alabama and uh, surrounding areas. But before we jump into that, um, just tell everybody kind of who you are and what your current role is. My name is Latrice Slate, and I'm the owner of Slate Land Use Environmental Transportation Planning, and I am blazing trails in Alabama, in Georgia. I've been in business since 2006. I am one of few women in construction that is a general contractor in Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, Georgia, and South Carolina. I've also been told that I am the only African-American female that owns a construction material testing laboratory. Yes. And I I also want to just note that you were named uh, one of the top hundred leaders in construction this year. Yes. I I was super excited. I'm supposed to be going to an award ceremony in Las Vegas in April. So hopefully. That is so um, great. Yeah. I'm very, very excited. And so it's going to be, I think, a three-day conference. And it is also joining other professionals in the real estate industry with general contracting. So I'm hoping that I'll be able to get some really great networking in. For sure. And so let me just back up a minute and I'm sure you get this question a lot, but how did you get into the industry? What made you want to have this career? You know, so often I think women in the environmental and construction industry are overlooked. I've literally moved to Alabama because I was recruited by a law firm at the law school to come and work on an environmental case. And it wasn't just any case. It was actually one of the largest environmental toxic torts cases in history at that time. And so 
They hired me because of my environmental background. Once the case ended, my job ended. And so I wanted to stay in Alabama at that point in time. And I could not find a job. I was going on interviews and people felt like, oh, you should start your own business or, oh, this job is beneath your qualifications. So we're afraid that we will offer you the job and you wouldn't stay long. And, you know, coming from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill with law school loan debt, I really just wanted a job. So um, needless to say, I took the advice of some of the people that I was interviewing with uh, who said, well, we need a great DBE firm to partner with. I ended up starting my firm and I started, you know, teaming with larger firms and also priming my own projects. So it was not something that I ever dreamed of doing. I didn't know a lot about entrepreneurship. I had never worked for a small business before. And so it's been an adventure for the last 14 years, it'll be 15 years um, in February, actually. Well, I first want to say congratulations. I know how hard it is to be an entrepreneur, but pushing through that and having a lasting career of 15 years coming up. Wow. I mean, just take a moment, take that in, like, well done. And then, you know, I would like to talk a little bit more kind of what you do. I know you worked with airports and municipalities. Tell us a little bit about what that process is like for everyone. Well, that process is, wow, it's very competitive. Um, and I spent a lot of time, I guess, doing responses to qualifications, working on projects, even to, you know, helping my bookkeeper answer questions related to accounting. So I think one of the, the challenges with a small business is wearing so many hats. Um, even when you have people working for you, you still have to answer, you know, questions. Um, so it's not just you doing your job. You're actually helping others with their jobs as well. Yeah, that's a key uh, element of it that I don't think that people, well, you start by yourself and then you hire people and then you, you know, you kind of learn from this as you grow um, and are doing other things. But it's so important to be able to lead a team and, you know, within that leading ourselves and making sure that we have the time to take care of ourselves. Exactly. Um, Self-care is really key. Yeah. So what do you do as far as, um, I know you're doing kind of that outreach work and working with just like you said, like businesses, chambers of commerce, different things like that to get involved. Can you give anybody advice about how they would come into working for this field? Or do you see a need within this field? Well, right now, like when I started my firm in 2006, it was a recession. And so, you know, people were collaborating with other firms that they, you know, know, like and trust. And so when I was competing for work, they were like, well, who is Slate, you know? And so that made it more challenging for me to be able to grow as fast as I thought I should be growing. Right now, in this climate, I would say this climate is very similar to the climate in 2006 through 2008. Because right now, the businesses that have been in business are pivoting and trying to do everything that they can to remain profitable and still grow through the pandemic. Um, So I'm not sure if this economic climate is the best time to start a business. Um, But like I was forced to start a business because I couldn't find a job you are in that situation due to the pandemic and you cannot find a job and you need to create your own job, I would encourage you to use this time to work on that, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think, you know, especially in construction and that being, you know, kind of a down market in some areas and look for the ways that it's not. And there are some investment areas like warehousing and different things that are happening right now because of it, because of kind of e-commerce and people moving into that. 
And so I think, you know, it's a great point if you are, you know, kind of spinning your wheels, look at what you wanted to do kind of with the life, right? Like what is your passions mm-hmm. and what are you trying to build that can be lasting for you? I think that's one of my favorite things about owning a company is that we can shift and adapt however we need to. And, you know, you can start new companies or you can, you know, create new product lines or different services. So I think that's a definitely one of the benefits of being an entrepreneur. I'd like to talk to you a little bit about that and kind of just being that, you know, leading woman in the industry. And do you see that, you know, there are opportunities for for women in this field and, you know, what I guess needs to happen to increase that? Um, Being intentional. Um, I think that people should be intentional to do more business with um, women businesses. I don't think that it's something that um, is going to happen just by, you know, the regular RFP process. I think it needs to be sole sources to minority women-owned farms. One of the things I think that people really overlook is disadvantage minority women-owned farms. And what that means is that according to the federal government, you make a certain amount of money, you know, that is less than small businesses. And so, you know, when we think of small businesses that are still struggling, think about the disadvantaged businesses, how they must feel. I think that a light needs to be on that demographic population and figuring out how can we help them grow to just, you know, even be a small business and not just disadvantage. Yeah, that's a great point. And I, I'm not, I don't know that statistic, but it would be something I want to look at is kind of what that number is that as far as revenue or, or sales or how that's determined on whether you're, you know, hitting that growth number to be an official small business. Uh, so I, uh, that's interesting to me. So thanks for, I'm learning as we go here, Patrice. Okay. So you, I know you've had some hard things to deal with lately. I'm not sure if you want to talk about it now because I know you have somebody coming in. Do you want anything else kind of on your mind that you wanted to highlight as far as the, your work though? Yeah. You know, I would say that um, this year has been probably the roughest year for me, not just because of, you know, trying to figure out how to pivot um, due to COVID, but also, you know, a lot of people across the country have lost loved ones um, this year. Um, I actually lost my mom this year, and it wasn't due to COVID, but it's still, you know, with going through what I'm already been going through with just trying to help my employees with different things they may be going through due to COVID, as well as trying to have a more flexible um, work-life balance due to a lot of schools being out and people having more family pressure on them. You know, I had some family pressure on me as well. My my niece and nephew actually, you know, visiting with me and I'm helping them with their virtual school as well. And so it's just, it can be a lot on people, I think, in this economic climate that we're in right now. You know, before my mom passed, she actually was here with me for three weeks because I had a hip replacement. And um, I had overuse of the joint due to teaching workout classes for over 20 years. And so, you know, I'm fairly young. And so it's something that you don't expect to happen to you by trying to be healthy. But at the same time, that has been a personal challenge for me trying to get my mobility back to um, be even better than it was before I had the surgery, which is very challenging to do having that kind of major surgery. And also lost um, a relationship um, that I valued a lot. And so, you know, those were, you know, different hits I think I took this year that I wasn't expecting to take and and being able to sort of um, rise above that and continue to move forward and at the same time, you know, grieve 
um, in a healthy way and not overlook uh, the grief process has been something I've been trying to balance as well. Yeah, I think it's so important. And you're talking to a lot of people right now that, you know, have had something in those categories, right, of emotional stress that I think just that mental capacity to handle that while you're trying to run a business or, you know, just work in general. And and we really have to make sure that we tell people and remind people that we're not just workers, you know, right? We're humans that have these needs and things that come up that we have to deal with and work through and making sure that we have space for that. And you're, you're so, it's so true to say, you know, we have to take time for ourselves to grieve or to heal. I mean, healing is like physical and mental in a lot of different areas. And I think, you know, for me personally, having some extra time where I didn't have to travel quite as much allowed me to kind of go into that and and look at the things that may be holding me back. So I think that's a really great message to share. And I think, you know, I, I know it's hard and I know that the way that we get through things is together. So, you know, anytime that, you know, our listeners need somebody, they can absolutely reach out to, to me. But Latrice, as far as you know, you moving into, you know, next year, is there something specific that you want us to be contacting you for or in just in general, how can they reach you? We have a website. Uh, it's SladeLLC.com. And I am super proud of that website because we actually updated our website. And one of the things I want to point out to, I guess, the listeners is that, you know, we are now living in a digital world. And so it's really important to capitalize on that now because a lot of things are online. Uh, People aren't meeting as much face-to-face now. And so um, with my pivot, I started looking at my presence online. I also looked at my social media. And I looked at how was I, you know, using LinkedIn as a tool to continue to network and build collaboration. So I think that that's really important for where we are right now as a society is understanding we can still connect. We can still build relationships in a new way and be open to that. Um, But I would definitely like for people to check out my website. You can email me at lslade at sladellc.com. We also have a 800 group, which is 866-925-5742. And I would love to talk to people. Um, We are actually a part of a small business group that we are doing training classes for DBEs in um, a few states now. And so I'm hoping that I'll be able to impart knowledge that I've gained to other um, disadvantaged businesses to help them grow. That's wonderful. Thank you for being available to us and sharing with us today. And anytime that we can help out and connect with you, I think, I mean, I personally can't wait to see you again. But in the meantime, we'll do some video chats and and get to know each other even better. So thanks again. And I will include all of that information in our show notes. And just thanks for being here today. No, thanks for this opportunity. Um, I would love to do more of this. So I would like to um, maybe also talk to you about what we're doing with COVID-19 and helping businesses reopen. Yes, that would be awesome. Thanks so much, Charlie. This was 
This was really good. And I want to thank Latrice for taking her time to share with us all of her ideas and her accomplishments and what she's doing to improve all these construction projects and develop them. So that was a great conversation. Yeah. Well, this brings us to the end of our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yes, please. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating. We would really appreciate it. And you can always reach us at Empowering Pumps or using the hashtag Empowering Industry Podcast. Send me an email at podcast at empoweringpumps.com. Thanks again so much for joining us. And remember, we'll be back every Monday with a new episode. So until then, be empowering. Hard yeah. pass can account. You can. Uh, I can't talk. <laughs> 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 <laughs>